Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at thedistrict.church. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so, hi, my name is Ransard, if you guys don't know me. Um, but, um, so, I'm just going to get started with it. Um, this is my first time preaching on a Sunday morning, so there's a tremendous amount of anxiety that I have, um, and a lot of feelings of inadequacy. So, um, bear with me through that. There's going to be a lot of pages flipping. Um, I think I have all my bookmarks in my Bible right. Um, but we're going to start off um, praying for that, and then we'll get right into it. Um, Father God, I just want to thank you for the time we have together, church, just to come together to worship you, and just to be together as a community. I um, just pray that you would move me aside this morning, speak through me, um, and uh, not let me get in the way of you. Love you, Lord. Um, okay, so um, last week, Dwayne talked about um, how the Colossians were being encouraged by Paul to look out for false teaching. Um, and I don't want to redo the whole message that he did last week, but um, today we're looking at Colossians 2.12, which is sandwiched in the middle of what he talked about, so there are some recaps going to be necessary with that. Um, so Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, is addressing concerns about these growing heresies um, that are being seen in that church. On one hand, you have um, Gentile Christians that believe in Jesus, but are kind of viewing him as just another god in their pantheon. All these different gods, Jesus is another one to add on to the list. Um, and on the other hand, you have legalistic Jewish Christians that believe in Jesus, but also believe that the Old Testament way still needs to be done. Hold to the Sabbath strictly, we need to eat the right foods, um, and we need to practice circumcision. Um, and so if we look um, at uh, the verse immediately before 2.12, we go to two, Colossians 2.11, where we're going to be today. Um, it says, in him, I read it from the Bible, not from my printage. Okay, Colossians 2.11 and 12. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Um, here Paul is addressing that there's a circumcision of the heart and not the body anymore. So it's a reminder for those Jewish Christians, that the old way of doing things is not what we need anymore. We're, we're going after the heart of things. We're doing this new way. Um, so in the middle of a passage encouraging the Colossians to watch out for false teaching and to hold to the true gospel, um, there's this beautiful reminder we have of the gospel. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him. I don't think this is an accident at all that Paul is talking about circumcision immediately before talking about baptism. He talks about the old way of doing things and then moves into talking about new way of doing things. Um, Charles Spurgeon says on the topic of baptism, baptism sets forth far more than circumcision. 
Circumcision is putting away of the filth of the flesh, but baptism is the burial of the flesh altogether. Baptism does not say, here is something to be taken away, but everything is dead and must be buried with Christ in his tomb. The man must rise anew with Christ. Baptism teaches us that by death we pass into the new life. So baptism signifies a new life. Not only new life, but life in general. Before Christ, we are dead in our sins. Completely dead, lifeless, can't do anything, absolutely dead. Um, so um, looking at that verse, again, verse uh, Colossians 2.12, uh, says, having been buried with him, we bury dead people. We are buried with him because we are dead in our sin. Um, in baptism, which is a new, he's reminding us of the new ritual for signifying our faith in Jesus, um, which you were also raised with him. We are raised with Christ, no longer dead, no longer slaves to our sin. That song was perfect this morning, especially talking about the fear and all of that stuff really spoke to me this morning. Um, but but it's such a true message that we are no longer slaves to our sin. In Romans 6, 3 through 8, Paul um, talks a little more detail about baptism. Um, starting in verse 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a life like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. That is a beautiful message, and one that we should always be reminded of and always rejoice in. We were dead in our sins, but we can as we are raised to a new life with Christ. We are enslaved to our sins, but we are now free from our sins. Um, if you pause for a minute um, and think about your typical week, what comes to mind? What does your routine look like? How satisfied do you feel at the end of a day? Are you always tired, exhausted? Overdrawn, yeah, I know. That part rings, rings real close to home. Um, <laughs> um, my favorite quote of all time that expresses the sentiment is from the Lord of the Rings trilogy with uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, first one. Great movies if you've not seen them. Um, but Gandalf is coming to visit Bilbo before his 11th birthday, and they're sitting having tea. And Bilbo just stops and says, I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread which is something everyone can experience, right? We've all had a piece of bread at the restaurant. There wasn't enough butter, and it's kind of weak. Um, so I feel like that describes me most of the time. I feel thin, tired, and worn out, which I think is a really good hallmark of this world. Paying sin. Um, in baptism, we are symbolically showing that we are dead in our sins, but are also raised to Um, sin decays everything that it touches, but Christ brings new life to everything that it touches. We are bound to him in baptism. Um, so if we look back at Romans 6, 5, 
Um, for if we have been united in, with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection. So while we still feel the pain and the weariness of this world, um, we have the assurance that we are united with Christ in that. So we're still here, but we are saved to the, the kind of already not yet idea. Um, so, um, but uh, earlier I mentioned that um, the Christians that Paul is addressing with this letter uh, struggled with bringing their old, their old ways, their old traditions into their new Christian life. Um, and I don't think this is very different for us, even if we've grown up in the church. Uh, on the topic of baptism, even, for myself, for years, I, someone would be baptized at church, I would clap, I would cheer, I'd be excited, but that would be about the extent of my response to the um, and I don't remember exactly when, but at some point in college, I was really challenged to kind of rethink how I viewed baptism. And so I had a serious heart check about what that meant and how I should respond. Um, and I want to challenge you guys in that, with that specifically. Um, next time you guys witness a baptism, or if you know you're going to witness a baptism, consider, consider these things before before going into that, to kind of prepare your heart and, and see it in a new light. But remember how you were completely dead in your sins, but Christ redeemed you. How baptism is a reminder of how we are already saved to Christ, but not yet with him in glory. How the weariness and sorrows of this world one day pass away and we will be with Christ. Fully known. If you guys have not chosen to be baptized, chosen to accept with you to start that conversation with somebody. Um, myself, Dwayne, Josh, anyone here would be more than happy to start that conversation with you. But that news is the best news that you will ever hear. We're dead in your sins. But because God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. John 3.16. Um, but it's so true. Um, and baptism is the symbol of that new life. When we go down in the water, we are symbolically showing that our old sinful self is dead. Come back up out of the water. We show that we are born into a new life. So how does this happen? How are we saved to Christ? We look at the second half of the verse, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. This is just a beautiful message as we see in baptism. Here we see God is doing the work. Powerful working of God saving us. Nothing that we're doing. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration of the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Washing kind of goes with that. That always section for me, um, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He saved us not because of works done by us, but because of his mercy, his goodness. He saves us by washing of the Spirit that is signified in that baptism, the same baptism that we are united with. Christ with, also in his resurrection. That's so important. We die to ourselves, we die to our sin, but 
always the but God, but in his mercy saves us out of that thing into newness. We believe in him and he does the work. Since we can't do the work to save ourselves, it also means we can't do the work to remove ourselves from him, um, which I think is profoundly encouraging. I know that I am a sinner through and through. Um, no matter how much I desire to be perfect, I sin all the time. Last night, even, we were, I was practicing giving the sermon to my wife and my brother-in-law and didn't like how she gave me feedback. I got real snappy with her, really angry, and I did not respond in love to her, and it was a very sinful response for me. Um, and so I had to repent of that and apologize. But so like even last night, that one sin, that is enough to separate me from God for eternity. Me, fair. But... It is such a, such a refreshing message. That sin should separate me by his mercy. He casts my sin on Christ instead. And Jesus bore the full weight of my shame, my guilt on the cross. And he bore all of your guilt on the cross. And he endured that shame, that humiliation, and that torment on our behalf. So that we might become heirs with him for eternity. Um, in Romans 8, uh, we have this assurance. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. If you are in Christ, there is nothing that can take away from you. Likewise, there is nothing you can do to take yourself away from God. You are His forever. You have security in Him of joy and the knowledge that one day everything will be restored, that we will get to spend eternity worshiping. I don't want to communicate a false hope, though, in that. It does not mean have a joyful, happy, prosperous, um, peaceful life on earth. It's not what's guaranteed to me. In fact, the opposite is true. We will be persecuted for our faith. There will be trials, difficulty, hardship, pain, loss, and suffering. Because in reality, we're still living in this broken, thinned out, weary world where the devil is still very much active. But we have joy knowing that while we are not yet with Jesus forever, he has already secured us as his own defeated sin and death completely. That hope, we have that reality to look forward to. Um, if you have not accepted Christ as your Lord, then again, I urge you to seek someone out and ask those questions. Pray that God would open your heart to smell the beautiful fragrance of the gospel. For myself, Dwayne, and Josh, more than happy. We'd be delighted to start those conversations. Um, if you have accepted Jesus, I want you to take some time this morning to pray for those people that you know that have not. That you would be given opportunities to share this beautiful news, this beautiful gospel with them. Hearts would be changed, that they would be sanctified and regenerated to enjoy that gives us hope and joy and assurance and security. Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at